the volume. Hey guys, it's the sessions presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and so, so easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. And when you win, you get paid real fast. FanDuel's lots of ways to play, like in the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. And you can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out same-game parlay plus. And really great news for moi, FanDuel is now live in Ohio. Who day, baby? I got bets to make and money to make. So guys, use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions today on the pod. I have on a human version of a ray of sunshine, the twinkle in your eye, just an absolute delight of a human being. I've got Willow Nightingale here with me. Of course, you guys know that. You saw her name in the title. That is what's happening today. Um, Lots to get into with her. I mean, just her background, getting into professional wrestling, of course. I like to kind of start at like day one, how they got into it. I love just hearing people's story of kind of like taking that leap of faith of figuring out how to be a professional wrestler and then making something of themselves. Um, we also talk about her very recent hardcore match teaming up with uh, with Ruby Soho, taking on Anna Jay and Ty Conti. Yeah, just breaking down the backlash that those women received in terms of being bloody on television and what that all means, because it's crazy to me that that was such a big conversation. But also just like that match in general, like how proud she was of that moment and what they were able to put on out there. Um, so really, really cool stuff. Loved having her on. Also, just a heads up to you guys. I don't know where you're listening to this right now, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, what have you. But we are also on AMP. So the sessions is on AMP Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you don't already have that app, download it now. Subscribe, turn on those notifications and come hang out with us over on AMP as well. Don't miss out on any of the party. All right, guys, let's get into it. This is Willow Nightingale. Nightingale here on the sessions. You absolute beauty queen. How are you doing? What's going on? Oh, wow. I'm doing well. Thank you for the lovely introduction. You know, having a lovely morning afternoon thus far and excited to chat with you. I'm like super stoked to be here. Yay. I know. I'm really excited too. I feel like as soon as I saw that you had signed to AEW, which, you know, it's been a minute now, but I'm like, we need to make this happen. So very, very excited to have you on. Plenty to discuss. Um, Okay, so I guess like first things first is like doing some like 
backlogging on all things Willow Nightingale. Sure. Yeah. How how did you get into professional wrestling? What was like the thing that you were like, that's for me? Was there something you watched? Was it stepping into a ring? Was it already being an athlete? What's like the backstory? Um, So I guess my fandom of professional wrestling started when I was a kid. I used to play the video games, like different wrestling video games with my cousins. And then through playing the games, I was like, why don't I watch this stuff? So then I would start tuning in every week, became a big fan. And I think from the moment I like had actually watched like an episode of professional wrestling, I was like, I'm hooked. I know that I want to do this, but it just really didn't seem practical, I guess, as a child. Sure, sure. High school, I was like a big nerd, very academic. So it seemed like the college route would be very much more for me. But I went away to school for a year. I went to Northeastern University in Boston. I was undeclared. undeclared. So I I didn't even know what I wanted to do. Um, I have a lot of different interests just generally in my life, but I never really could find that one thing where I was like, I'm going to settle down with this topic. This is who I am. This is what I want to be. And I guess, you know, that one year didn't work out for me and I decided to become a wrestler and that was the thing. So, okay. I, I hear you and I understand that, but that is like a big gap to go like, I'm going to go to school. I'm academic. That's where like your brain was at to like, like you said, to imagine it's so like, I always feel like that's such like a basic question of like, how'd you get into wrestling? But like, it is such a grandiose dream to pull off, to like achieve the success, to actually like making that first step to like signing up to wrestling school and starting the training. And like, everyone always says like that first bump they take is like, whoa, kind of like rocks your world a little bit. You're like, wait, do I actually want to do this? Hold on a second to like fully achieving those dreams. Um, What was that first moment like for you to step away from school and then start actually pursuing this dream? From school to my first training session, there's about a year gap there. I had first started thinking about it when I was in college. Uh, I'm from New York, born and raised Long Island, and I went away to Boston. So originally I was looking at training schools in the Boston area because I had seen myself being someone who would train at a wrestling school in Boston and continue my academics. But the reason I had dropped out of school was for financial reasons. I was like, I have to go to my dream school. I have to do this. Meanwhile, kind of like recognizing the fact that even with grants and scholarships, it was like not something I could manage. So I had dropped out of school for financial hardship. I had worked at like a movie theater for a year. I was in like a really bad relationship that was just kind of like a distraction for me at the time just to kind of like numb the directionless point of my life I was in. And after the breakup, I was like, forget it. I'm signing up for wrestling school. Like there's nothing holding me back. That guy sucked anyway. Um, <laughs> so I had been to a couple of indie shows nearby at NYWC, the New York Wrestling Connection. Matt Cardona's from there. Trent of Best Friends, he came from there. Brian Myers. So for me, I was like, there's already this proven track record of people who've succeeded. And it's close to me at the time I didn't drive, which is a big no-no for wrestling. So I decided that that's where I wanted to go. Uh, I went to like sit in on a training session, kind of see what that was like. And I was like, I can do this. (laughs) Very, very confident. And like when I finally went to the first training session, it wasn't like, I'm going to try this out. I was like, oh, this is just what I do now. I was like very dedicated, very focused, making sure that I was there like every time we had training, which three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays. And um, 
I never looked back. Wait, so were you an athlete prior to this? I would say yes. I never looked at myself that way because I guess my body type, like if you think in your head what like the not regular, there is no regular body type for an athlete, but what you see the most in media being quote athletic is not what I look like. I've always been like kind of chubby, self-conscious about being bigger than the other girls in my school and my whatever. But I did track and field. I used to throw shot put and discus. I played tennis and it was never like the movements themselves were hard for me. I am naturally athletic. My dad is in his mid fifties and to this day will walk around in a handstand as like a party trip. <laughs> and it's just like, my mom was a sprinter, like a nationally recognized sprinter in her home country of Diana. So it didn't click to me that just cause I'm like this chubby girl, I am athletic. So that kind of started coming to light through wrestling training when my trainers were like, you know, you're taking to this a lot better than a lot of newbies do. So when you first started going to wrestling school, who were you watching? What were like, who were some of the athletes, some of the wrestlers that you were like, oh, I could like maybe mimic this person's style or how this person moves or even like gimmick wise. What were you kind of looking to right away? I remember watching a lot of Victoria. I always loved her when I was a kid. And my trainer specifically recommended that I watch Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels matches to get my execution down. Um, I was starting to get very into Joshi around that time in my life. I had watched a lot of indie wrestling around that time too. And like Sarah Del Rey or Sarah Amato was like my everything. I was like, I want to be this good. And I'm still like, I want to be that good. Uh, <laughs> Do you ever get to pick Claudio's brain at TV to like, as like through like osmosis to Sarah Del Rey? I have not personally um, gone up to him and asked him because I this this is something I tell myself I need to be better about. I recognize the fact that I have like the best brains in the business around me, but um, as energetic and like bubbly as Willow the character is, I'm kind of reserved and shy. So I have to like remind myself to step out of that box and like take advantage of that. But fortunately, he has come up to me and been like, is it okay if I give you some advice or if I give you back on what I've seen. And I've just been like, of course, please tell me. <laughs> Very fortunate for that. Um, but yeah, that's something I, I need to be better about personally. I mean, that's something that I feel like I've kind of observed, like in general, in my time in AEW, like there's some of like the most brilliant minds in professional wrestling that are there. I mean, what a wealth of knowledge to be able to ask these people. But I also understand it's like, everyone's also kind of busy putting together their own matches or worrying about their own stuff. It is kind of hard to go and ask someone for help, even though I know that everyone likes being asked for help. So I can imagine that being a little bit weird. Um, anyways, Claudio is amazing. Sarah is amazing. Um, how do you have this like bubbly, energetic, very fun, this big smile character, but you are a little bit shy and reserved? What's the connection on that? I don't know. I guess I've like, as a kid, I was very much like a ham. I loved when a camera was on me. I loved attention. Um, and I, I came from a very loving supporting home. So that, um, positivity that people see that energy that you see, it's, it comes very naturally to me, but I imagine somewhere along the line being different 
from other people or standing out made me feel insecure. Like I definitely feel like there were times in my life where I was like, oh, I'm the annoying girl. I'm the weird girl. And that kind of put me a little bit more inside of a shell, a little more vulnerable, a little, I'm not as willing to break down my walls and immediately lay it all out there for people. Even in the locker room, I've been kind of a part of the team for almost a year now, full time, maybe four months or so. I'm still breaking out of that shell, but I definitely feel more comfortable now. And I feel like I'm starting to a little bit more be able to just have like kind of some inside jokes or feel like I poke fun at people without being like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm weird. They're not going to like me. (laughs) It is hard though. Like it really is hard adapting to like a new locker room and to new people because I can be like that sometimes too. I can be very outgoing, but there's times that I'm like to really break down that wall and like really let people in. Like I can be very like surface level. Hello. Hi. How you doing to everybody? But to like really get in there with people can be a little bit stressful. Exactly. Like I'm friendly, but it's it's the whole laying it all out part. That <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so you signing to AEW, I mean, like you said, you've been there for almost a year, but officially I think that you were like just right after me. I think mine was announced and then you were like right after that. And it happened in the ring, huge up on the Tron, big moment. What was going through your mind when that happened? Because it seemed like it almost took you a second to even register what was actually happening. Obviously, uh, since April of last year, I had been on like a per appearance deal. But that same day that the match happened and the graphic went up and everything was the same day that I had signed the contract. So officially it had been done. I was aware. But it's also a show day. So it's like I signed the contract. Okay, now I have to go figure out my match. And my opponent had been changed last minute. So now it's like, okay, so now I have to kind of figure out this new match with somebody else. And there's all this different directions we're taking. I have to get dressed, got to get my makeup done. Okay. What time are we going on? Uh, and all of this. Pandemonium. Exactly. And then the moment Tony comes out and I'm like, okay, cool. Like stay in the ring. Don't leave. And he says it. And I'm standing in the ring in Jacksonville, uh, which is the same menue that I had done all of that extra work where I had stood front row and screamed my lungs out because there was no audience. And then I'm going on to wrestle at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Everyone's drained and I'm like, come on, give him the energy. You know, like a year prior is just the complete 180 of my situation. There are fans all around who are cheering for me and, and like giving me this response that I wasn't even aware would be so like emotional for me. So that was like the moment that it really all sunk in that like, this is your lifelong dream coming true right now. So it was really overwhelming to just be there in front of all these people and have this happen. I know we all obviously receive a certain amount of shit to a certain degree, but it seems like everyone just loves you. Is that like the general sentiment that you're like feeling kind of all around. I mean, there's going to be shitheads no matter what. But for the most part, it seems like everyone's like, fuck, yeah, I love Willow. Willow's the shit. I guess so. And I'm fortunate. Like a very quick fan base. Again, you can find this a lot with people who had spent years and years on the independence. It's like you already have cultivated this strong cult fan base who's like known you for years they're like I knew you before everybody else and I'm I listened to her first EP I know all of it so everybody who's been there for like 
the whole ride. I appreciate it. But I guess I'm really fortunate in that I have this innate desire to connect with people on just like, I'm a human, you're a human kind of way. Tommy Dreamer had put it to me that like a lot of wrestlers go out and the crowd wants to hug their favorite wrestlers. But when Willow walks out to the crowd, Willow hugs the fan base back. I recognize you. You recognize me. The reason I bring this energy to uh, a venue is because you people are all here cheering me on. It's give and take. I think that's really what makes my bond with fans so special. Is it hard to maintain that like up cheery, bubbly personality? Are there days that you're like, oh, God, I've got to like, here we go. Do you ever feel that? As much as I can say that that's my natural disposition. I'm a human being. I have experienced the full range of human emotions. I have bad days. I have bad periods where it's like for months, I am like, well, I'm going to put on this face and try to be this person that is a spark of hope for other people. But I think, again, the people on the other end are what get me through. I didn't set out to become a professional wrestler for other people. It was very selfish. It was my dream. It's what I wanted to do. But through doing it and embracing all of my own quirks and idiosyncrasies and all the things that I've ever felt bad for about in my life, I noticed that other people felt represented and seen through all of that. And it kind of became this role that was much more powerful than me being a wrestler for myself. And so I had to start demanding more of myself in terms of being the person I wanted to be, but also like being the person I would want to look up to. Yeah, that's a really good like checkpoint to like really kind of keep gauging yourself as you're going to like, what do I need to do? Where am I at? While also still, of course, checking in to see like what you need as a human being, because a job is very demanding and it only gets more demanding. So it's being able to kind of gauge uh, both of those things as you're going along. What do you do for you? What are your you things when you're like, I need to fill my own cup a little bit? I guess really just spending time with the people that matter the most to me is very important to me. I know I've already mentioned I come from a loving family. My mom and dad are two of the most special, amazing, unique people on earth. Like they've been married for 30 years. Like like they go out with their friends and they're like, oh, I thought that you guys were like a new couple. I would not have known that you've been together for so long. They're nauseatingly in love. Oh my God. Well, how do they do it? What's the spark? What's, can we get them on? Where are your parents? Jump on. <laughs> The podcast Uh, is changing, everybody. Being able to spend time with them recharges me. I've got two sisters and a brother, but specifically my little sister is like my best friend on earth. Her worldview is the same as mine. Like there's no other person I feel just completely understands whatever kind of issue I'm going through at the time. What's the age difference between you guys? Nine years. Wow. That's really great. That's nice. I feel like a lot of like I was expecting you to say you guys were like 18 months apart or two years, something like that. You're like, no, she. Yeah. Nine years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I also have a very loving boyfriend who's also a wrestler. So he understands a lot of the very unique struggles that wrestlers go through. Who's your boyfriend? Do I know this? Rex Lawless. He is okay. an independent wrestler, and we both are from NYWC, both Long Island folk. So I've been up and down the road with him. And uh, yeah, I just think he's great. 
<laughs> I feel like the wrestling business can be it's not like incestuous in that way but like a lot of wrestlers end up dating other wrestlers marrying them having children with them etc cetera, etc cetera. um yeah you know um, about <laughs> I know how that goes but there is something really nice about being able to have that person that just understands what the job is what it demands of you kind of you know the ups and the downs all that stuff it definitely helps make a bit of a difference I think Speaking from personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you're in AEW. Things are going great. Everyone loves Willow. Let's get into the death match that you guys just had. Holy shit. You teaming up with Ruby, taking on Ty and Anna. Um, just unbelievable. You guys beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. How do you feel post-match? Very emotional. The toughest part for me is that I like to uphold my work and what I do in a wrestling ring to a certain standard. And that includes the way I execute moves, the safety of my opponents. And generally, if I just feel like it clicked, like what did it flow well? Did it feel right? And at the end of the match, I definitely know that it was something very special. But I think obviously that one, Ruby was bleeding like crazy, which I I looked, I looked over to her and I was like, you look awesome. Right in the middle of the match, like I lo- when I finally saw her cover, I was like, you look <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of people online maybe didn't take it that way. They, oh, we'll fun. get into that after this. I would love to discuss that. But I am like, what a badass. And uh, the table spot with Anna, right? Like that has been a big thing. And before even getting anybody's response to it, it was the thing that when I walked back through the curtain, I was immediately like, where's Anna? Is she okay? And she was like, I'm fine. I'm going to go to the doctor right now because they have to check me out, but I'm okay. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) And checking in on everybody else and like talking with our producer and they take us back and stuff. But it was just like, to me, uh, those were the two things that I was just like most worried about. And, uh, it left me very emotional because I felt like I was just worried about the other people I was in the ring with. And I don't think that I had upheld the elements that I respect uh, or expect from myself. But then you also have like the days from like you guys had the match on Wednesday. Uh, there's, you know, it's no secret that we that that was a taped match on Wednesday that airs on Friday for Rampage. So you have the days of kind of sitting with it and now the world's going to see it. What were like those days in between like? This is always the thing. Anytime I'm on Rampage, it's like there's this second wave of anxiety that hits because yes, there's show day chaos and you're wrapped up in everything that you're doing. And But then like right before you go out, you get the butterflies. It's like it's showtime, time to do the thing. I don't know how it's going to be. And then it's over. But then you have to wait two more days to wait and see how everybody reacts. And it's like this gut wrenching, like, ah, what's the response? Like, I, mm, that is a different kind of nerve. If it's very stressful, because, yeah, it's like, I mean, I guess, like, you know, on one hand, of course, you can. It's the theater side of things. You are in front of a live crowd. You can see how people are responding there. But then it's, yeah, what does it look like on camera? How are people going to take to everything? Which now brings me into the second wave of the conversation of what everyone was saying. The reaction to um, the amount of blood, what the match was, that style of match. And as much as like, God, women's wrestling has just progressed so much 
in the past, you know, 10 years, especially. And as it continues to morph and change in what we see and what those matches look like, I was honestly very surprised at what the reaction was to people essentially just not wanting to see women bleed. What's up with like, what's your take on that? We were honestly all very excited to be given the opportunity to do something like this. Anna and Ty have already done this a year ago on television. Um, They had a lot of fun with it. And um, there are limits, I guess, on how grotesque it's allowed to be. And I can only speak from my experience. I don't know if this is the case with other matches, other other tag matches or, or men's wrestling or any. I don't know what those conversations are like. I only know the conversations that we had. And for us, it was one person from each team was allowed to bleed. We all wanted to get our hands dirty and we all <laughs> wanted to do crazy stuff. But it was like, we, we can't go overboard. And so we were like, okay, understood. And we didn't have to worry about it because Ruby blamed for everybody. But I, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I thought she looked killer. She thought she looked great. You know, she had to get stitched up after I held her hand as they injected the like anesthetic oh. and everything. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're so tough. Um, but, but we were just really excited about everything. And I think that if people are getting their panties in a bunch about it, like that's the least of your concerns. Like we bleed every single month. Nobody talks about that. I'm sure if, if that had happened or whatever, like people would make a big deal about that too. Right. Like if, if somebody were to bleed through their gear, but sure, sure. Like that's a part of life. This is like, we bleed the same as men do. This is we take the same uh, bumps in the ring as they do. We're at the same risk as they are. So I don't understand why there has to be a double standard about physically seeing blood. Yeah, it's it was just it was really surprising to me. And like you said, I think it's the level of what it is, because if you look at like Brit and Thunder Rosa and how much blood was in that match to, you know, we've seen it before. I mean, even there are different circumstances, of course, or, you know. I was going to say, like, even the time, you know, you know, when Becky Lynch took that hit and she was bleeding everywhere. And that's essentially when the man was kind of born, when she's like in the crowd heading into Survivor Series and she's got like blood dripping down her face. Um, that was, you know, a little bit more of an accidental situation. But um, it's just very interesting, the levels of how people react to things. And I guess, I mean, it does happen in the men's matches to a certain degree as well. Like, I remember when, you know, Dustin and uh, Cody were having their match and Dustin was just blee. I was like, oh, my God, is he OK? <laughs> There's the levels of it. And then you have somebody like my husband who, like, God, I've seen I've seen the varying degrees for him throughout the duration of his career as well. So it's just it's very funny how people react to blood in general. But yeah, I mean, I was just I was very surprised at what some of the conversations that I was seeing online of people that were just like appalled that women were bleeding in their match. Women's wrestling just continues to to grow and change and morph and become this new thing. And it's funny when you hit these certain roadblocks and people are like, no, no, now that's too much. Don't do that. But hey, it happened and it was fucking great. I mean, ultimately, it's it's what we signed up for. We were aware of this possibility. How's working with Ruby? You guys are a 
great, adorable little tag team. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I've i been loving it because even from the first time, like, I don't know if it was like I ran in on her match or she ran on. I think she her return was her doing a run in after my match. After we, we got back to the locker room and she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. That's how I felt about this. I was like, listen. I am not just a Ruby fan. I am a Heidi Loveless fan. <laughs> yeah. When I started, she was like top indie darling girl, like one of the top. And I was like, that is what I want to be. Like, I want to have that journey of like putting on these killer matches and having this long history of wrestling before kind of uh, blowing up on a national level like that. And seeing her work and knowing her as a person. Uh, what a sweetheart. Quality human. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it's been a joy for me and I hope the same from her. So it's been one of the surprising, um, unexpected joys of this job is being able to connect with someone I've looked up to like that. It's really cool. I love being able to watch you guys together. Um, in your time in AEW, you've had two different opportunities at Jade Cargill and that TBS championship. What is it like being in the ring with Jade? And uh, what are your thoughts on this run that she has had as a TBS champ? I think Jade is, if you were to look in the dictionary, superstar, a picture of her would appear. It's very clear and very obvious um, why she's in the position she's in. She looks like a million bucks. She has this presence about her. And she was put into a very demanding situation to instantly be thrown on TV from the start and uh, very soon after have to carry the weight of a championship because it's not something that is just bestowed upon anyone lightly. Obviously, there's a lot of thought in that and there is a demeanor and a level of, of work that you have to continue doing to keep that up. So she has been put in a very rough situation, I think, very hard and has been succeeding in my eyes because she's been doing the work to get better. She's been doing the work to improve. She's been uh, studying wrestling and trying to find new interesting things to do while staying true to her. And that's not an easy thing to do with that many eyes on you. So I think she's been doing that with grace, but I would very much also like to be in that position. (laughs) It really does blow my mind, though, like truly not a lot of people can step up and really take that pressure cooker situation and take that kind of heat that's thrown at you of the criticisms that are going to come your way, learning on the fly, learning on national television. Um, And she does it in. Yeah, I mean, hats off, man. Like it's it's really crazy to imagine being thrown a situation like that. Like I would be crumbled and on the ground somewhere. But yeah, it's really cool to see what Jade has done. That being said, who dethrones Jade? It's selfish to say I would love for it to be me, but you're pitching me this question. So why why would I want to make a case for anyone other than myself? The first time I wrestled her, I remember I had woken up in my lovely home in Long Island, New York, and I had gotten a message said, hey, can you catch a flight in three hours from now. And I was like, I can do it. Yep. So I hopped on the plane, got to the venue. Uh, They're like, get some makeup on. We want you to do this promo. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. And they're like, oh yeah, you're wrestling Jade tonight. And I was like, good to know. Okay, cool. And I think for a lot of the AW audience, that was their first time seeing me. 
because I, I had done a lot of dark before and I think I had wrestled velvet on rampage before this, but this is my first championship opportunity here. And I've heard from a lot of people that they've seen a lot of growth in me since then. And third time's the charm, right? So that's what I was going to say. I mean, the third time you've had time to suss it out. You felt it. You've been there. Now I've, I've got this, this more brutal side to me kind of unlocked. I don't know. I, there are a lot of people I love in this locker room who I would love to see have a great moment like that. Uh, Statlander who's hurt right now, but I think she's been someone who's been kind of a cornerstone of the division since the start. I think uh, Velvet is great and has kind of been like side by side with Jade. Like they've been, I don't want to say mirroring each other, but they've kind of had this marriage throughout Jade's career. You know, I think Ruby, hey, that's somebody who she won the title against, right? That was the finals of the tournament. So I think we have like a division that is like stacked of talented women. Anyone who I, you know, who who's in the locker room, I could think of and be like, oh, well, they, they've got an argument to be a great champion as well. Uh, (laughs) complete a case for them all but I'm saying that third time could be the charm if you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines there's still time to get in the game with FanDuel America's number one sports book new customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet just sign up with the promo code Renee FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets with a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Get in on all of this action, y'all. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get up to $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Just use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Your time in Japan, how different is it um, when you're wrestling in Japan? You know, I was very worried that the language barrier would be overwhelming in terms of the wrestling, but it wasn't. Wrestling really is the universal language, which I've heard in interviews and I've heard from other people when I asked for advice about going over, but you don't really recognize that until you're in the situation where you're doing it. And all of those uh, women that I worked with at Tokyo Joshi Pro had varying level degrees of how good their English was, but no matter what, they were sweet to me. They made sure I was uh, accommodated. Uh, I'm a vegetarian also. So everyone was so sweet and being like, helping translate to the chefs for me. And I'm like, guys, you don't have to. I mean, I, I very much appreciate it. But working together was was great. 
Uh, I was happy with the matches that I had out there. Uh, that was another dream come true for me because I've always wanted to go overseas and wrestle in Japan. Being someone who is really influenced by like Bull Nakano and Aja Kong, I was like, mm, it's time. It's happening. That's got to <laughs> feel like a pretty like magical time to be able to like really tap into that other level. Like I feel like as a professional wrestler to be able to like check that box must be like a really cool moment. Kind of like earning your stripes as you're going. As much as I thought it was a really lovely professional checkpoint to make, like you're saying here, even though I was only there for 10 days, like personally, it was a really good opportunity for me to kind of reflect and grow because I was the only American or like English speaking foreigner there at the time that I was. So when I wasn't having a show day or hanging out with the Tokyo Joshi Pro Girls, I was exploring Tokyo by myself and coming from a big family and just having very close relationship with the friends that I do. Um, I don't know that I had ever gone on an adventure of that level by myself and got to kind of spend that time with myself. So it felt like this really profound self-discovery and like having this opportunity to, to take everything that was going on in my life in. Cause Right before I went to Japan was when I had that match with Layla where I was signed. So it was like this snowball that kept getting bigger and all these great things kept happening and just like, ah, what is my life? And I got to sit in it and be like, this is real. And um, a great moment of like gratitude and being able to just soak that in uh, before I took a step forward into whatever was next. What is on your bucket list? Are you like an organized person in the sense where you're like, you are visualizing things, you're kind of manifesting things. What are the things that you really want to accomplish in your wrestling career? Um, usually I am very much uh, goal oriented and looking at what's ahead. How can I do that? In the past, I've tried to emulate my idols and see the paths that they've taken to get where they have. but. I was an independent wrestler for seven years. You know, for me, the goal was just to have a stable income and be able to not be poor, you know? Especially like, this day and age. Everything's expensive. We all got to have jobs. Shit. I got like 10 jobs. For me, it was just like seven years of chasing down this goal and finally getting it that I kind of am in this phase now where I have to take inventory again and kind of focus on what's next. Again, going to the street fight, like I'm, I'm at peace with Anna. I'm at peace with Ty. I'm at peace with Ruby and likewise. And we all know like the set of circumstances that brought us to that match. But I think there was a level of backlash that I received from it that I was really unfamiliar with. And that to me was like a big punch to the gut. And from here, I'm just trying to recollect and think, what is the next step that I need to take? Who am I now, right? I still have this positivity and this hope for the future, of course. But now I have this extra grit. And like, what does Willow Nightingale look like with this grit? And what is my future in AW or outside of AW? Wrestling has been my life for all of this time. Like, is there anything outside of here that I'm interested in doing? Those are the things that I'm really trying to figure out before I manifest them. I want to be sure that whatever I'm working towards is something I really do want to do and I'm really passionate about. I don't want to just be busy to be busy. 
yeah, that gets you in a bit of a sticky situation sometimes. You're like, do I even like any of the things that I'm doing right now? What the hell? Um, Okay, so two things off of that. One, so from you receiving that negative backlash and that's something that you're unfamiliar with, are you a people pleaser? Does it like really fuck you up to like have someone like... Like I said, everyone loves you. People love Willow. You are like that. You're that ray of hope, that that spark of sunshine. So to get that negativity, what did that do to you? I for sure am a people pleaser. I think creating boundaries is something I've really worked on in the past year or so to find my own peace. But there is still a lot of growth that I need to do to become more comfortable with that. And since I started at AW, obviously, like I have received negative comments like nobody's perfect everybody's gonna have quote haters but for me I try to I guess try to find the logic behind why people say the things that they do and that is kind of like how I cope I there's I'm sure a lot more therapy ahead of me to figure it out (laughs) there's a lot more of uh nights where I'm just like ah man I'm just gonna watch dumb reality tv and tune it all out and not think of anything It can be really like a funny time. Like, I mean, it's obviously not the same thing, but I can certainly fall into people pleaser mode. I'm nice with everyone. I've got good relationships with everybody, blah, blah, blah. And I always had that kind of a relationship with the fans as well, where everyone, I've always had a great relationship with my fans. Um, But when I started doing commentary, people are like, you suck. I hate you. I hate hearing a woman do this. It like really kind of shook me to my core because I was not used to seeing that and reading that. And I was like, oh my God, like it really just like threw me for a loop. And there's days that you can kind of put on the like fuck it. And those are great days. Like I love when I'm in those days, but there's other days that you're like, Oh God, am I, is this bad? Oh shit. And it's like, it's just such a weird thing to like juggle with and like get your footing back under you. It was for me anyways. I think you also touched upon a really important point in that where you were like, there are people who will comment on you being like, I don't like hearing a woman's voice. Somebody could say that and mean that quite literally. Yes. Yes. There's also this bigger meaning. Like I don't want to hear a woman's voice. Uh, so I think that's a part of the reason I take it to heart so much. It's like, I feel like this representative for women, for black women at that, for, like I said before, the weird kids, for the fat kids, for anyone who feels like a misfit or an outsider. So anytime I make a misstep, I'm like, oh, I let all these people down. And it's It's a fuckery. Yes. I felt like I had stepped on an opportunity for another younger girl that would have really wanted to do that. And I was like, did I fuck that up for this little girl that was like, oh, it was just it's a very weird thing, but it can just like, yeah, you get in your feelings, you get in your thoughts, you get in your own way. It's it's a weird thing. Um, okay. So my other question to you, um, because you were talking about, you know, being such an academic and you're here, you are successful as a professional wrestler. You were signed to a contract. You're seen on like a global level. Is there a part of you that thinks that eventually at some point you will go back down that academic route? Now that you are financially stable, you can pay those bills now, girl. Yeah, for sure. I still don't quite know what I would want to go back to school for, but it does cross my mind. I had, we, we have this player's handbook at AEW and there is also um, a note in there about going to school and how they will help you with that. And I'm still trying, I think, to adjust to life 
as it is right now. But going back to school is certainly one of the things that in the future, I would, I would say probably within this year, 2023, hopefully either uh, the fall or maybe spring the next year um, that I want to get back into, even if it's just like enrichment courses to keep my brain moving. It's something I want to take advantage of because being in wrestling, I, it's, it's so I'm in this bubble. Sometimes I talk to my friends outside of wrestling and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what being an adult <laughs> is. I don't know what you're talking about. And there are so many intellectual, smart people in wrestling, even though I know there's a stereotype of being like, we're duh, we're brain dead, whatever. But I think to succeed in wrestling, you really do have to be smart. So I'd love to uh, dive into that a little bit more personally. And uh, hopefully we can see Willow with a degree. Yes. Love that. That's great. Um, okay. Before I let you go, I would be remiss to not ask you about my girl, Soraya, jumping in the ring and laying the boots to you the other day. What's what's up? Her, she's got like a wild hair up her ass. What's going on? Yeah. I also would like to know because I've spoken a lot about how there are people I look up to with you today and how I'm very fortunate to be able to work with them. And uh, Soraya was one of those people. So why she's getting involved in matches, why she's putting her nose where it doesn't belong is beyond me. I'm, I'm fortunate to have Ruby, um, have people who are looking out for me, you know, and care about sportsmanship. It's disappointing. We'll see where it goes. Maybe we, maybe we can figure it out in the ring. Maybe. Well, Willow Nightingale, you're an absolute treat, a delight. You're the ray of sunshine that we all know and love. Um, I love that we get to work together. Hope We've not actually been able to do anything together. So hopefully that's happening soon. Fingers crossed. Should talk to TK. Yeah, we'll, we'll manifest that. You are absolutely a delight. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, go hang out with your fan. Are you with your family right now? Um, not right now, but uh, I do have plans to see my mom and my sister after this. Good, good, good. We'll give them a big hug and uh, I'll see you on Wednesday. See you then. Bye. Thank you to Willow for hanging out with me. She's somebody that I've wanted to have on here for uh, a hot minute. So I was very happy to to get her on. I feel like I just want to like continue to like unpeel the onion layers that is Willow Nightingale. There's so much there. Um, and I feel like we're really just kind of seeing like the tip of the iceberg of things that we're going to be able to see from Willow um, throughout her career. She's got so much ahead of her. So I'm really excited to, to work alongside her and watch her career grow and change and morph and all of those great things. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging out. More of the sessions coming your way in the very near future. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications, all of those things. Check out the YouTube if you want to see the video of Willow and I hanging out. Um, Head on over to YouTube. Search my name, the sessions. It's all on there. Um, All right, guys, until next time, this has been the sessions. (laughs) 